Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Huang. I talk anything and everything that has to do with AI, ML, and data science. Apache Spark is a data processing framework that can quickly perform processing tasks on very, very large data sets and can also distribute data processing tasks across multiple computers either on its own or in tandem with other distributed computing tools. These two qualities are key in the world of big data and machine learning, which require uh, massive computing powers to crunch through large data stores. So Spark also takes some of the programming burdens of these tasks off the shoulders of developers with an easy to use API that abstracts away much of the grunt work of distributed computing, and big data processing. So from its humble beginning in the AMP lab at UC Berkeley in 2019, Apache Spark has become one of the key big data distributed processing frameworks in the world. Spark can be deployed in a variety of ways and provides a native binding for languages such as Java, Scala, Python, and R, and also supports SQL. So uh, some of the key uh, attributes is that it can do streaming data, machine learning, and um, graph processing. You'll find it in use by banks, telecommunication companies, game companies, governments, and all of the major tech giants such as Apple, Facebook, IBM, and Microsoft. So let's take a look at the Apache Spark architect. At the fundamental level, an Apache Spark application consists of two main components. A driver, which converts the user's code into multiple tasks that can be distributed across worker nodes, and executors, which run on these nodes and executes the tasks assigned to them. Some form of cluster manager is necessary to mediate between the two. So out of the box, Spark can run in a standalone cluster mode that simply requires the Apache Spark framework and a JVM on each machine in your cluster. However, it's more likely you'll want to take advantage of a more robust resource or cluster management system that can take care of allocating workers on demand for you. So in enterprise, you will normally uh, run it on the Hadoop Yarn um, this is how the Cloudera and Hortonworks uh, distributions run Spark jobs. Or Apache Spark can also run on Apache Mesmo, Kubernetes, and Docker Swarm. So if you seek a managed solution, then Apache Spark can be found as part of Amazon e EMR, Google Cloud Dataproc, and Microsoft Azure's HD Insights. Databricks... Uh, which is the company that employs the, the founders of uh, Apache Spark, also offers the Databricks Unified Analytics Platform, which is a comprehensive managed service that offers Apache Spark clusters, streaming support, integrated web-based notebook development, and optimized cloud I.O. performance over a standard Apache Spark distribution. So Apache Spark builds the user's data processing commands into a directed acyclic graph, or DAG. So the DAG is Apache Spark's scheduling layer, 
and it determines what tasks are executed on what nodes and in what sequence. Let's take a look at Apache Spark versus Apache Hadoop and why you should use Apache Spark. So it's worth to point out that Spark versus Hadoop is a bit of a misnomer. You'll find Spark included in most Hadoop distributions these days. But due to two big advantages, Spark has become the framework of choice when processing big data, overtaking the old MapReduce paradigm that brought Hadoop to fame. So the first advantage is speed. Spark's in-memory data engine means that it can perform tasks up to 100 times faster than MapReduce in certain situations, particularly when compared with multi-stage jobs that require the writing of state back to uh, disk between stages. So in essence, MapReduce creates a two-stage execution graph consists of data mapping and reducing, whereas Apache Spark's DAG has multiple stages that can be distributed more efficiently. Even Apache Spark jobs, where the data cannot be completely contained within memory, tend to be around 10 times faster than their MapReduce counterpart. So the second advantage is the developer-friendly Spark API. As important as Spark's speedup is, one would argue that the friendliness of the Spark API is even more important. So now let's take a look at the Spark core. In comparison to MapReduce and other Apache Hadoop components, the Apache Spark API is very friendly to developers, hiding much of the complexity of a distributed processing engine between simple method calls. You could essentially take a 50 line in MapReduce code and reduce it down to a few lines with Apache Spark. And providing binding to popular languages for data scientists like Python and R, as well as more enterprise-friendly Java and Scala, Apache Spark allows everybody from application developers to data scientists to harness its scalability and speed in an accessible manner. Next, next, let's take a look at Spark RDD. So at the heart of Spark is the concept of RDD, which is Resilient Distributed Dataset, a programming abstract that uh, represents an immutable collection of objects that can be split across a computing cluster. Operations on the RDD can also be split across the cluster and executed in a parallel batch process, leading to fast and scalable parallel processing. RDDs can be created from simple text files, SQL databases, NoSQL stores uh, such as Cassandra and MongoDB, Amazon S3 buckets, and much more besides. So much of the Spark core API is built on this RDD concept, enabling traditional map and reduce functionality, but also providing built-in support for joining datasets, filtering, sampling, and aggregation. So Spark runs in a distributed fashion by combining a core um, driver process that splits a Spark application into tasks and uh, distributes them amongst many executor processors that do the job. So these executors can be scaled up and down as required for the application's needs. Next, let's talk about Spark's SQL. Um, originally known as Shark, 
Spark SQL has become more and more important to the Apache Spark project. It's likely the interface most commonly used by today's developers when creating applications. So Spark SQL is focused on the on processing of structured data using a data frame approach borrowed from languages like R and Python and pandas. Uh, but as uh, the name suggests, Spark SQL also provides a SQL uh, 2003 compliance interface for querying data, bringing the power of uh, Apache Spark to uh, analysts as well as developers. So alongside standard SQL support, uh, Spark SQL provides a standard interface for reading from and writing to other databases, including JSON, HDFS, Apache Hive, JDBC, Apache OR ORC, and Apache Parquet, all of which are supported out of the box. And then there's other popular stores, such as Apache uh, Cassandra, MongoDB, Apache HBase and uh, others, uh, which can be pulled in to uh, via separate connectors from the Apache packages ecosystem. So behind the scenes, Apache Spark uses a query optimizer called Catalyst that examines data and queries in order to uh, produce an efficient query plan for data locality and computation that will uh, perform the required calculations across the clusters. So in the Apache Spark 2.x, uh, version 2.x era, the Spark SQL interface of data frames and uh, data sets, essentially a, a, a typed uh, data frame that can be checked at um, compile time for correctness and, and take advantage of further memory and, and compute optimizations at runtime, is the recommended approach for development. The RDD interface is also available, but recommended only if your needs cannot be addressed within the Spark SQL paradigm. Um, so a Spark version 2.4 introduces a set of built-in higher order functions for manipulating arrays and other high order data types directly. So that's, next let's talk about Spark ML lib. Apache Spark also bundles libraries for applying machine learning and graph analysis techniques to data at scale. So one of these is uh, Spark ML Lib, which includes a framework for creating machine learning pipelines, allowing for easy implementation of uh, feature extraction, selections, and transformations on any structured data set. ML Lib comes with distributed uh, implementations of clustering and classification algorithms such as k-means cluster and random force that can be swapped in and out of custom pipelines with ease. Models can be trained by data scientists in Apache Spark using languages like R or Python, then saved using mllib, and then imported into a Java-based or Scala-based pipeline for production use. So some things to note that while Spark mllib covers basic machine learning, um, algorithms such as classification, regression, clustering, and, and filtering, it does not include facilities for modeling and training deep neural networks. However, um, there is a, a thing known as deep learning pipelines, uh, which are in the works. Next, let's talk about Spark GraphX. Um, so GraphX um, comes with a selection of distributed algorithms for processing graph structures, including an implementation of Google's PageRank. 
So these algorithms use Spark Core's RDD approach to modeling data. The graph frames package uh, allows you to do graph operations on um, data frames, including taking advantage of the Catalyst optimizer for graph queries. So next, let's talk about um, Spark Streaming. Now, Spark Streaming, streaming uh, was an early addition to Apache Spark that helped it gain traction in environments that required real-time or near real-time processing. Previously, batch and stream processing in the world of Apache Hadoop were separate things. Um, you would write map reduce code for your batch processing needs and then use something like Apache Storm for your real-time streaming requirements. This obviously leads to uh, different code bases that need to be kept in sync for the application domain, uh, despite being based on completely different frameworks, requiring different resources, and involving different operational concerns for running them. Apache streaming extends the Apache Spark concept of batch processing into streaming by breaking the streams down into a continuous series of micro-batches which could be manipulated using the Apache Spark API. In this way, code and batch and streaming operations can share the same code running on the same framework, which reduces both developer and operator overhead, so everybody wins. Now, a criticism of Apache's streaming approach is that micro-batching in scenarios where a low latency response uh, to incoming data is required may not be able to match the performance of other streaming-capable frameworks like Apache Storm, Apache Flink, and Apache Apex, all of which use a peer streaming method rather than micro-batches. Now let's talk about the structured streaming. So structured streaming, which was added in Spark version 2.x, is uh, to Spark streaming what Spark SQL was to the Spark core API. So it's a higher level API and easier and provides easier um, abstraction for writing applications. In the case of structured streaming, the higher level API essentially allows developers to create infinite streaming data frames and data sets. It also solves some very real pain points that users have struggled with in the earlier frameworks, especially concerning dealing with um, event time aggregation and late delivery of messages. So all queries on a structured stream go through the Catalyst query optimizer and can even be run in an interactive manner, allowing users to perform SQL queries against live streaming data. Now structured streaming originally relied on uh, Apache Spark streaming micro-batching scheme of handling streaming data. But in Spark version 2.3, the Apache Spark team added a low latency continuous processing mode to structured streaming, allowing it to handle responses with latencies as low as one millisecond, which is very impressive. So as of Spark version 2.4, continuous processing is still considered experimental. While structured streaming is built on top of the Spark SQL engine, continuous streaming supports only a restricted sets of queries. So structured streaming is the future of streaming applications with the Apache platform. 
So if you're building a new streaming application, you should use structured streaming. The legacy Spark streaming APIs will continue to be supported, but the project uh, recommends porting over to structured streaming as the new methods make writing and maintaining streaming code a lot more bearable. So next, let's take a look at deep learning pipelines. Apache Spark supports deep learning through deep learning pipelines. So using the existing pipeline structure of MLlib, you can call into lower level deep learning libraries and construct classifiers in just a few lines of code, as well as applying custom TensorFlow graphs or Keras models to incoming data. Now these graphs and models can even be registered as custom Spark SQL UDFs, which is user-defined functions, so that the deep learning uh, models can be applied to data as part of SQL statements. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can contact me at tonyphoang.com for more information on AI, ML, and data science.